Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast. I'm John Norman and today bringing you a special show. Uh, We go back uh, to uh, day one of the recent test series between uh, West Indies and England. The first test match and uh, the first time that these two proud cricketing nations of sorts had come together to battle it out for the uh, Richards Botham Trophy. Uh, Today's show will be a lunchtime feature which took place on that day. Uh, Neil Manthorpe joined by the uh, cricket writer Jarrod Kimber and also the uh, head coach at Surrey, Gareth Batty. Looking back at the career of Sir Viv and Lord Botham. So sit back and enjoy as we bring you this uh, following on podcast. Special feature during the lunch break now is a reminder for those who weren't aware that uh, on the eve of this uh, test series, it was announced that the long-standing Wisden Trophy would be retired to be replaced by a new trophy named after two of the greatest cricketers ever produced. Ever produced, actually. I was going to say by by either region, um, by England or uh, the Caribbean, but uh, they are just two of the greatest cricketers. So uh, this, uh, the new trophy will forever be, or unless somebody even better comes along, but I, I doubt that'll happen. It will forever, uh, now, uh, from now on, be known as uh, the Botham Richards Trophy that uh, these two are playing, uh, that these two teams are playing for. Um, they are two massive, massive uh, characters in the game, and their longevity has extended well beyond their their playing years, and um, with such enormous figures and and such uh, brilliant players it, it's almost always not about uh, the statistics so I'm going to get them out of the way uh, for any of our younger listeners who uh, aren't aware of just how brilliant and how great the two players were both played over 100 test matches Lord Ian Botham as he is now um, was one of the, the greatest all-rounders of all time 102 test matches um, 5,200 runs uh, and an average that um, is not particularly eye-catching, but his performances were uh, 33.5, 1,400s, a higher score of 208. Apart from that, he was at one time the world's leading wicket-taker with 383 
um, he finished with at an average of 28.4. And uh, Vivian Richards, Sir Isaac Vivian Alexander Richards, played 121 test matches, 8,500 runs, just over 8,500 runs, at an average of 50. Point uh, two three twenty four hundreds forty five fifties, and uh, he had a an extraordinary one day career as well um, over six and a half thousand runs at an average of forty seven also with eleven hundreds and forty five fifties statistically two of the greatest uh, cricketers um, and as characters and, and and legends and inspirations of the game also two of the greatest Jared Kimber yeah I. It's very interesting that they went with these two players because the most obvious player would have to go with would have been Leary Constantine, who obviously was a great West Indian player, probably, if not their first great, then probably their second great player um, after George Headley. And he went on to be an incredibly important person in British society as, as a politician and, a, and a, I think he was a solicitor as well, wasn't he? So he was very much involved with these. So it does tell you the impact that Viv Richards and Ian Botham had to be able to pip out Larry Constantine, who's probably had almost everything else named after him by this point, I would have thought, in his career. But that peak from, what, 77 to 82, 83, when Botham was at his absolute best and when Viv Richards sort of exploded onto the scene, they were by far the two biggest cricket stories in the world. And that, that includes players like Lily and Tomo. You know, there were some incredible players around the world. Sonal Gavaska was playing at that point. But I think at that, that moment, uh, Ian Botham and Viv Richards were just on a completely different level to anyone else. So off, off his, first, um, his first 51 tests, Ian Botham was averaging 38 with the bat and 23 with the ball. Like, it, it, that's what you do if you make a player up on a computer video game. That's, that's the sort of numbers they end up with. Uh, and both of them start, I mean, j- just everywhere, everywhere you go, he had eight five-wicket hauls in his first 11 games, and uh, he took 100 wickets in his first 19 tests. Um, just phenomenal. He also he scored six um, hundreds very early on as well. Uh, players like that just don't come along very often. Sadly, that both of them couldn't keep that up. I don't think anyone could probably keep those numbers up, but he couldn't keep it up. Viv Richards is different, and... Viv Richards is incredible, and if, if you want to know why people keep talking about him, uh, the I think he's more, almost more remembered for one-day cricket, although he's obviously an all-time great in test cricket. He still has the 10th highest strike rate in one-day cricket um, of 90. And I'm just going to read you some names here of players who have a lower strike rate than Viv Richards. Uh, Rohit Sharma, uh, MS Dhoni, Ricky Ponting, Martin Guptill, Yuvraj Singh, and Chris Gale have a lower strike rate in one-dayers. Than, than he did. And in his time, the strike rate in one-day cricket was 66 on average, and he was scoring at 90. He really was playing a different sport than everyone else, Viv Richards. Gareth Buddy, you know, um, you, you're going to wonder where I'm, I'm going with this now. So, so Vivian Richards just turned 70. Uh, Lord Botham is 65. And it's a, it's a mark of how long they managed to extend their careers and how young you were when you played and how long you played for, that you just missed overlapping their careers by four and five years. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing, because I wouldn't have had a career if I'd have had to go up against those guys. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it takes me back to an era of my life that it, it, it's been a kid and the fond memories that you have of being a kid. And I just everything was about Botham, the Duncan Fernley attack. Everything was about him. And then it was the 1992 World Cup where he was opening the batting. Um, and Alex Stewart was obviously a hero of mine then and now. And Graham Gooch, you know, it was all the names that just roll off the tongue as a young man growing up watching England. Um, they were the legends. They had bats named after them. Uh, the whole shebang. It was the aura of both of them. Um, 
it was always, always married up with some some opposition players. And Viv Richards, you need to look no further. Name a kid that grew up in the late 70s, 80s, 90s that didn't try and put his front foot across to extra cover and whip it over square leg. Most kids still try and do it now and get <laughs> out. I mean, the, we're talking about guys that changed the face of how we now even look at cricket. And Viv is 70. So imagine 40 years ago, him he's still setting the trends now. If you've got some YouTube videos, so if there's a kid out there listening that wants to be an absolute jet 2020 player, play all franchise stuff, have a look at this fella. Look at his centre mass, his balance, and then look at his strikes. I mean, this fella, wow, absolute game changer. I think before Viv Richards, we'd had batters who played across the line, obviously. I mean, Bradman did and, and Victor Trumper did. Like, It's not like he invented it, but he weaponized it in a completely different way. And so, you know, the memories of... Of, of people bowling off stump and outside off stump and him just attacking everywhere from mid on to deep backward square, right? He could basically hit the ball wherever he wanted to with power. And also the way he came at the bowlers, it was really a form of, of attack and it came out of a very defensive era, right? I, I, Sobers played and there was a couple of attacking players, you know, but Boycott and Gavaskar, those were, those were the stars, right? And then you watch Richards and everything he did was attacking the bowlers rather than the other way around. And that just hadn't existed before. He still has the third high. I didn't even mention this before. He still has the third highest strike rate of any um, bo- uh, a top scorer in Test Match cricket. He's just behind Warner and Saywark. But you cast your mind back to it. Was it 81 at Old Trafford? where Viv Richards single-handedly beat England. He got 180. So, so the West Indies, just to put this into context, there's a three-match Texaco Trophy Series, and, uh, and England have got the West Indies on their knees. They, they were... <laughs> they were Six down for 50 or something? No, they were 100, 130 for nine when Michael Holdings strolled out to join Viv Richards at the crease, and it was, it was game over. Who, I mean, in, in, in those... In those days, who who comes back from 135 for nine? I mean, there was a there was a, a video back in the day. So I mean, anybody that's younger than 20, you might stop stop listening now because I'm talking about videos which you won't even know what they are. There was a thing called <laughs> a view from the box, and it showed this 180 and some of the shots that uh, Sir Vivian played. You know, against Botham in his pomp, Neil Foster in his pomp, he's walking across outside of some and hitting them miles. This was before Old Trafford was developed over square leg. Then he's actually backing away and hit him with a straight back out of the ground into the trams and all everything else that was outside the stadium over long off. This wasn't sort of slogging that potentially we talk about in T20 cricket or innovative. This was just a man at the peak of his powers who played proper cricket shots, almost turned a defensive shot into a ball that went out of the ground. And we kind of forget the simplicity of it, but actually how hard it was. Um, I remember being on a on a cricket tour. I probably said this before. Down uh, Western Supermare or something. We went to watch a game. Somerset were playing. Somebody else can't even remember. Garner, Botham, Richards, all three playing. They waited, and I'm not joking. It was almost a ring twice around uh, the county ground down at Taunton of kids waiting to have everything signed. They signed every single one, and whilst I could see, you know, hundred kids back, they spoke to every kid. Oh, what do you do? Are you a fast boy? And that will always sit with me. And that is why, as much as anything else, that is why they're complete legends of the game. They were not without their moments of controversy. Um, Lord Botham um, probably endured a few more than his great friend. And they are and have been for half a century very, very close friends, or at least 40 years. Um, Sir, Sir well, Ian Botham was made Sir Ian Botham for the charity walks that he undertook he raised millions and millions of pounds and uh and now he's got a seat in the house of lords 
um, Viv Richards too. There were, you know, there, there were moments of controversy in his career. There was a test match, a test series against uh, England, when he was um, uh, felt to have intimidated um, the umpire into uh, giving a couple of decisions. He ran from second slip. Anyway, he was, um, yeah. So the fact that they are where they are now and honoured and, and revered uh, should perhaps also be. <laughs> be remembered by young players who take a step in the wrong direction from time to time. Yeah, I don't know if it's the whole, we talk about genius being flawed, I'm not sure I'm going down that route, but I think competitors and people that want to win, they will overstep the line from time to time. And they will always put their hand up and say, okay, might have got that wrong. Or they'll go, actually I won, I don't care. It's about winning. And those guys wanted to win and they were the guys that set the standards and we're still following now how the game is played and how we want to play the game. So for me, you take the odd little bit of the negative to get, to take the whole positive of what they brought to our wonderful sport. And, uh, you know, hats off to the men. And I'll probably go home tonight and watch some YouTube videos of them both batting and bowling. It, it's worth it. If you've never seen Viv Richards, I think maybe almost the best place to start is the documentary Fire in Babylon because that's basically a movie about him. <laughs> it does mention the fast bowlers, obviously, because uh, that's part of it, but it really is centered around him and his personality and uh, almost to a detriment to players like Michael Holding. They almost get left behind in, in that particular documentary, but you realize the effect that he had on people around the world and he felt that he was using his bat as almost like a political weapon um you know it, it was it was a a racial thing a regional thing uh that viv richards was using there was a, a certain passion behind him um and, and not to mention i forget the name of the player you might remember manis that he he went into the uh i think it was into the australian change room and uh choked out a player who had uh, racially abused him on the field well before that was a sort of a normal uh reaction uh, to those sorts of things so uh, you know, a real warrior in what he believed. Um, and both of them was, you know, I, I suppose in some ways a, a similar figure to, to Shane Warne in that massively famous, not just in his own country. You know, both of them to this day is huge in, in Australia as well. And, you know, often was brought back to commentate in, in series well after anyone in Australia sort of had remembered watching him. Um, and again, one of those people who was a celebrity, not just a cricketer, like well beyond just a normal celebrity, wasn't he? There's that great YouTube video of him uh, talking to the Scottish students. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen him, Manus, but it is one of the greatest uh, accidental comedy <laughs> moments of all time. But he was a celebrity so far beyond cricket um, in, a, in a point, probably... Probably England's last true uh, cricket celebrity outside of, of cricket, although Freddie's giving it a good go with all of his Sky programs and, and everything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. It's, what I find fascinating is that um, Viv Richards' father is, is almost never mentioned. Malcolm Richards was Antigua's leading fast bowler. Um, and it occurs to me that, you know, it's a yet another example, and you have a, come from a rich cricketing family yourself, Bats, and it, it, it is a kind of family legacy type thing, isn't it? If, if you grow up with cricket, you are far more likely to, to end up in it and being successful. It becomes part of your DNA. It's, it's, almost, it's almost your education in life. Um, and then you put other life experiences in to hopefully, um, I, su- I suppose... Make make you better within the sport that has been. It's you're almost bred into it. You're like a racehorse. You're bred into cricket, and and it's you live and breathe it. Yes, you you follow other sports and all these sorts of a thing, but it, it's something in you that will always be there. It'll never go away, and your whole family buys into it. Um, Is it genetic? Because because Liam Botham plays. Uh, played. I played with Liam. As a he, as a kid under thirteens, under fifteens, right? Yeah. And he played he played professional rugby and cricket for Hampshire, yep. and and now. Liam's son is an international James. James is a Welsh international. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Um, I look. Uh, I think on on Liam's side, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn. If you're listening, Liam, apologies if I do. Uh, he was a he was a very talented young cricketer. But at that point, he was such a young man. He was always going to live in his father's uh, sh- sort of shadow, as it were. And I think he felt that even as a youngster, he felt that his dad had come and watched some under thirteen, under fifteen games, and literally the whole attention, the whole game. Nobody watched a ball out on the field. They were just watching what Sir Ian was doing uh, by his car on his deck chair and stuff, just trying to watch his son uh, play cricket. It was amazing stuff. Um, but I think Liam decided at sort of about 17, 18, he'd been down at Hampshire a little bit uh, and was going okay. He'd made his debut. I think he even got five for on debut, bowling. He was an all-rounder like his father, maybe not as quick, uh, but could bat. Um, and rugby was an option for him. Um, he'd, he'd been a pretty good rugby player at school and he made that decision that that was kind of the path he was going to go down because he just didn't need that extra baggage that came with being Ian, Ian Botham's son. Um, and he was a wonderful sportsman in his own right. But we're talking about uh, the legend that follows you around constantly. It's Peter Pan. The shadow is always there. You can't get away from that. Well, Don Bradman's son changed his surname, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and that was part of this for a similar reason. It's also worth talking about when you talk about, you know, Liam playing two professional sports. Ian Botham, of course, was also on the level of, he was probably one of the last England international cricketers who, uh, you know, played two different professional sports as well. So 
again, and, and you see that a lot with the all-rounders. Like, we could kind of throw Ben Stokes or Jason Holder into a couple of different sports and probably even someone like Ravi Jadeja. A lot of the all-rounders are those... They're just special athletes, aren't they? And I think that's where... That's probably why when we talk about the start of Botham's career so much is because he did fall off when his athleticism sort of, um, you know, waned towards the end of his career. But at, when it was young and he was in his peak, he could kind of do whatever he wanted to do on the cricket field. And there aren't too many pe- people who have ever done that. A question for you, Jared. A couple of weeks ago, you made a very entertaining and well-researched um, video, which I think was slightly tongue-in-cheek, about um, a T20-11 from yesteryear. <laughs> and my question is... Neither Richards nor Botham made it into your fantasy um, alternative yesteryear T twenty eleven. Wait a minute. What wait a is minute. going on here? I, I said that what I was trying to do is not do the obvious players. I did actually put Viv Richards in my T twenty eleven. I don't think Botham did make it though. There's a do you know one of my favourite Botham stories? It's something so random. I'm not sure if you've ever been. Don't but... get off the subject. How in God's name did they not get in it? Because the idea was to use players who weren't known. Boycott was in it, for instance. Who obviously what? not known? Are you having a giraffe? <laughs> who obviously wouldn't normally be in that, uh, that kind of a video. But um, there is a great... I'm trying to think of the ground in India. I think it might be Nagpur. It has, has a bunch of posters of, of great old players up. And it's got Ian Botham there. And it says, What are the world's greatest ever all-rounders? Although, strangely, not very good at one-day cricket. Which I thought was an incredible thing to do with a poster where you're actually uh, uh, talking about what, a, what an incredible player he was. But having said that, the one time he took one-day cricket seriously, when his career was almost over, he still did brilliantly in that 92 World Cup. So you can imagine what he would have done in that era. And I would say Viv Richards is probably one of the few players who did take one-day cricket seriously. And it could have just been that he was so naturally gifted at it, he, he just did that. But there weren't that many players in the 70s and 80s who took it as seriously I'm as I'm giving this. you a 30-second shot at redemption. How would they have done in T20 cricket? Well, okay, so what was, what was AB de Villiers' strike rate? About 155? Yeah, 154 or something. Yeah, yeah, so I would have thought that Viv would have probably been just over 160 and he would have bowled, what, an over and a half a game and been, and been, uh, he would have gone from mid-on to mid-on, uh, long-on to long-on with the field. Incredible um, fielding when it came it comes to running people out. Both of them, you probably either use him as a pinch hitter early on or he would have been a really good five and six and, and he probably bowls with a new ball, doesn't he, and comes back on at the death. Uh, I don't think there's many, if, if, with both of them skill set, Probably could have done, you know, written his own check in, in T20 cricket. The ability to hit sixes. I think Viv Richards still has the 10th most sixes in Test cricket history now as well. Um, Viv Richards, if you look at Viv Richards and A.B. de Villiers compared to any other one-day players in the history of the game, they're that much above everyone else that they played against. Um, and Viv is even more uh, removed than A.B. de Villiers was. So you would assume that, uh, that he would have been on that level. Stories of both men enjoying life off the field that's um, abound and of course with time they inevitably become exaggerated but uh, I think it's fair to say that there probably hasn't it's probably not possible to over exaggerate Sir Lord Ian Botham's love of life uh, away from the game. Yeah he certainly has an appetite for life and that's part of the aura that comes with him um, you know it's part of the of the thing that other people feel, oh, can, can I do this? Can, yeah, I'm going to do it because I'm going to enjoy my life. And I'm going to, and then when I get on the field, yeah, I'm going to do this because I can. They're, they're not as inhibited as, as certain people find themselves restricted and, and uh, they feel like, oh, I can't do that. No, I can do it. I'm going to give it a go. And I think that's why we love watching these sorts of players because the game is never done. You know, Richards, 130 odd for nine. Everybody else is saying, oh, can you scrape through to 160 and give your bowers a chance? He's going, no, I'm going to get 189 not out. They made 280 yeah. from that position. And One of the highest scores Michael, ever. Michael Holding came in at number 11 and they added 120 for the 10th wicket and he walked off 12 not out. 
it's just phenomenal. And I think these this is the reason why these guys are so great, are so brilliant. There there needs to be a zest for life with that sort of player. I think you, we have to take some of the other stuff with a pinch of salt and and appreciate um, the spectacle that they give us on the field. I think. I think as much as anything, it's probably worth... They were obviously skilled on another level and both incredible athletes as well. But I think it's remembering the competitiveness that both of them had. Uh, you know, Richards ended up almost being an all-rounder despite the fact that he was a fairly ordinary bowler. But he just... He he would be in your face as a bowler because you were facing Viv Richards. He was also a brilliant uh, fielder, especially in one-day cricket. And Ian Botham took 120 slips catches, uh, which I still think is one of the best percentages uh, that anyone's ever taken as far as... And would field, what, about a metre and a half closer? Like he was goading the guy to edge uh, to him. Yeah, and that's sometimes from, you know, if if the rumours are true, after a good few gallon night <laughs> yeah. before. Perhaps it's pretty incredible best, that you still catch him. Not the best preparation, you say? Not now, no, absolutely not. You can't do it now. But back then, it was it was part of the the legend that is Sir Ian Botham. Very quickly, we've got it wrapped now. But um, it, we all know it's impossible for an individual to to win a Test match. Um, an individual can perhaps win a T Twenty game, and it takes two or three individuals to perhaps to win an ODI game. You can't win a Test match. But there is an entire series named after. Lord Botham, Botham's Ashes in 1981, and we haven't mentioned it. I mean, that was the... I can safely say that I would not be sitting here if it wasn't for that, because I was... I was got... As a... What was I? It would have been 14. Um, I was absolutely taken. Um, you know, England were, were losing the Ashes, and he... You can't say single-handedly, cause, you know, because because Bob Willis took eight for forty-three. But what a series! It still lives bright in my memory. And I think it was Graham Dilly that got forty-nine or something batting with that smashed him. And it was kind of batting with both and made him feel ten foot taller than he actually was, and climbed into the Aussie bowlers. Yes, Botham started it all, and he was magnificent, and that was his great gift. But he took the catches. He made other people around him feel ten feet taller, and I think that was part of his gift. Right, that uh, is our thoughts on uh, Sir Vivian Richards and uh, Lord Ian Botham, uh, after whom the new trophy between uh, these test match trophy between these two regions and countries will uh, be named. Well, that's it for another edition of Following On. Thanks uh, for listening. And if you ever have any ideas for guests or have questions for uh, the likes of Steve Harmison or Neil Manthorpe, feel free to tweet me at Fulham John or via at Cricket underscore TS and uh, either I or one of the team will make sure that your questions are read out uh, on the show at the earliest convenience also please take the time to leave a review and if you're already a subscriber then tell your mates to do the same and if you want more content from the likes of Steve Harmison then head over to his YouTube channel and tell him I sent you thanks for listening to following on The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe, 
for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 